Welcome to Lead with Less, the podcast for confident professionals with me, your host, Tash Peterson, Certified Leadership and Mindset Coach. This is the podcast for confident professionals that will help you move through overwhelm, burnout and self-doubt by sharing actionable strategies and practical steps that can have an immediate impact for you. With a mix of solo and guest episodes, I will share everything I've learned and applied over the last decade that has enabled me to create an extremely successful HR career and since then a profitable and thriving coaching business, all while blending it with everyday life and motherhood. I've also coached and empowered over 150 clients through one-on-one coaching and group programs to transform their lives and careers using these strategies. They now confidently thrive as their best selves and now I want you to have access to all of the goods too. This is the perfect spot if you're new to your career, a seasoned professional or aspiring into a people leadership role and want to lead with less so you can live and work with more confidence, clarity and energy. Hi, hi. Welcome to another episode of Lead With Less. This is a conversation with Emma Kirkman, one of my faves. She is so fabulous and I know that you are going to love her personality and her energy that she brings. Emma is someone that I've known for years and we were on an HR co-hosting panel together. So I'm really excited to just take a bit more of a personal story here to show you how you can reinvent, pivot, recreate, and reground yourself in uncertain times. So how to introduce Emma? This is what she says. So what do you do? A question Emma dreads because she's not a single job title or box or on an organization chart. The work she does isn't always easy to explain and her strengths and interests blur into one awesome career, business, hobby, great area. A passionate culture transformation practitioner at heart, Emma is on a mission to help liberate organizations from traditional thinking. Equally, she's driven to help others with their personal growth and loves seeing people reach their potential. With global experience across a range of industries, including technology, banking, financial services, entertainment, retail, and government, Emma loves using her Swiss army life skill set of human-centered design, agile thinking, lean change, leadership coaching, and team facilitation to fire up people and organizations towards their vision of success. Beyond the corporate world, she also owns and runs a commercial dairy farm with her husband in New Zealand's Northland region, serves on the board of a not-for-profit, hosts a podcast, and is a competition powerlifter. Wow. Even just in that introduction, you can tell that Emma is doing all sorts of stuff, which is magic. In this conversation, we really take a lot of different turns around Emma's changes of careers, how she pivoted at the start of 2020 when the world kind of imploded on itself. And we really just follow the journey of her finding her new way in this world. She shares her career path and what's brought her to found her company called Anywhere Culture, how she approaches life with her ethos of challenging the status quo, truly being herself and being her full audacious personality. We also talk about what it means to create your own definition of success and the way that she has done that. And we also talk about the mindset work that she's had to do in order to overcome the challenges that she's needed to overcome in the um, the changes that she's had across her career and her life. She also shares three to five tips on how you can build your own ability to be true to yourself, push boundaries and challenge the status quo to create the life that you really want to live. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you can soak in Emma's personality and let us know what you think. Hello, 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 Emma. Welcome to Lead With Less. It is so nice to see you. It's been it's been a time since we've last chatted. It's been ages, but then like I'm looking at you down the camera and you just look exactly the same I just want to reach down the camera and give you a big smooch I've missed you I know I've missed you too so Emma and I have known each other for quite a few years now I was actually trying to think yesterday I was like oh my god when did I actually even meet Emma you know how it all just blurs together but we were also co-hosts for the Auckland HR meetup when I was in the HR space and yeah we really just jammed a lot and this is where I got to know you so much more and I got to 
really just see the Emma Kirkman energy and personality shine through. And that's what I really want to talk about today. I mean, this is my perception, right? This is my observation. So this is what we're going to jam on is I see you as this pushing the boundaries, challenging the status quo, always always playing devil's advocate in terms of questioning how people think you're super curious but you're also just you're always leaning on the edge of the next thing of you know trying something different so that's what I really 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 want to talk about today because I know that there's a lot of people who want to do more of that in their life but either feel stuck they've got self-doubt they're worried all of those things you know all of our society conditionings that can fall onto that so really excited to see where this goes and I've got some questions, but who knows? We we are both talkers, so this is going to be interesting, which I love. So to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about your story? So, you know, your career path, maybe your life path, and what's led you to what you do today and also like how you founded Anywhere Culture and the work that you do there? Okay, let's go for the um, elevator pitch, Pracy. Not no, Just joking, I'm not going to do that. Um, where to start? I mean... Most people who know me in my adult life probably observe, you know, like a very confident, self-assured person who's like a geek. Like, you know, like I'm constantly studying, learning, like I just love it. Like it's an obsession. But I wasn't like that in my in my earlier years. That was something that sort of developed later in years. So uh, I did move around a lot in school. So I don't know if that casts a shadow on my experience of traditional education, but barely went to high school in my like last year, ended up having to redo my final year of high school at college, got into university, dropped out. Like, like my path is one of the most fragmented, you know, journeys. And I guess um, I always knew in my gut that I had a calling for something great and I never understood what that was like I like if I think about even um in my 30s talking to a boss when I was still working in house not working for myself and I and I just felt like I was I was doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do so you know doing the degrees and climbing the corporate ladder aspiring for my first chief role but like in my heart like I just didn't feel like that was me and my boss at the time was like the world doesn't need more chiefs it needs more Emmas you know, Ooh. and that was such like a, a click moment. But if, but if I think, but if I think back to maybe, and I know you and I are very passionate about personal growth, I think maybe the catalyst for me was in my mid twenties, I did Landmark Forum. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've heard, yeah, I've heard, heard of that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I did actually did it in the UK because I was living there at the time. And it gets a mixed reaction when I talk about it here it does in New Zealand like somebody told me once don't talk about that because it's a cult and I was like mm, I didn't really have that experience but um like it was a three-day a three-day course and like it changed me seismically like I ended a 15-year relationship on day two of wow. that course like I just I remember the trainer writing up on the board these three circles and doing this illustration of like all the stuff you're dragging from your past and filling in the circles of my present and my future. And I realized those circles were blackened out for me. Mm. Like there was, I had created no space for the kind of future that I had that, you know, that calling in my gut and I didn't understand it. Anyway, 10 years I spent um, exploring that, but Landmark was so important for me because that was the first time I completely reimagined myself. Mm. And you know that I have done that several times since in my career so what it gave me was like the tools and the courage and that blueprint for actually each time you look in the mirror or you find yourself in a situation you don't like what you're seeing you don't like what you're doing like you have the power to change that Mm. for yourself like it's it's on you Mm. you know and so like I have done countless amounts of personal development and even like you and I were talking before we started recording is you know I made that joke about I always thought in my 40s or people say in your 40s, like you've got your shit sorted. And I'm like, no, it's just gotten a whole lot more complex. And even, you know, becoming a first time mom so late in life and, you know, we'd not long brought her home and we went into lockdown and, you know, so even thinking about my business and how I offer value to my community, like all of that had to be reimagined through the sleep deprivation and the yeah. colic. 
I, what do you mean? You, know, you sleep so perfectly with children. <laughs> and so, like, I've spent two years going deep on that, like, who do I want to be now mm. in this new normal, for want of a yeah. better phrase, which I know has been, you know, hackneyed with repetition. But, um, you know, like, you know, I have done that many times over in my life. And I will say, and it doesn't necessarily get easier, but the familiarity of, shit I'm in the thick of it right now and this sucks and it hurts and I'm confused and I don't know what's happening but I know it's temporary mm. you know, as long as I put one foot in front of the other that yeah yeah absolutely I love that and I mean it we were actually also talking about this before recording as well like hindsight right we can look back at you know the last 10 years of personal development and be like oh it makes sense of why I needed to go through that and but when you're in it you're like don't tell me it gets easier it doesn't because I'm in it and I'm like barely <laughs> trying to survive um but I also really love what you said around realizing or recognizing that those circles were blacked out you know the the present and the future and what stood out to me was there was no white space for mm. anything for my for what I actually wanted for my future and I think that's what limits so many of us right like we try to create our future based on our past but that is so limiting because our past is we're not that version of ourselves anymore right like every time we go through something different or something new or we learn something or you know go through a life transition that version of us changes you know and so if we're constantly looking back to the past or carrying stuff from the past it limits our ability to create what we want now and I think and I'd love for you just to share I guess what's created anywhere culture your your business now because I look at that even when you say it, like when you read anywhere culture it's really adaptive to the world of now like the the world of work now so I'd really love you just to share a bit more about what that is and what's made you create that so as you know um, but your audience might not know I had uh, my little IVF miracle in 2019 um she Jim and I to our surprise she arrived three months early so we spent wow. 87 days in critical care and skaboo or special care unit as we call it here in New Zealand and we'd not long got a home and then of course the lockdowns happened and so I, I had started to think even more like because I have two settings right I'm in beast mode or I'm not and like beast mode, as I understood it, wasn't going to fit my life anymore with um, a newborn. And I mean, she was healthy and thriving. So we, you know, we were one of the lucky ones because I appreciate not everybody gets to take their baby home from, from NICU. So when it was time for me to start thinking about going back to work, I realized like, even though I had worked for tech companies and distributed teams, I wouldn't say I was well-versed in creating great virtual environments and in fact I had built my whole career on big room facilitation like in mm -hmm. bricks and mortar environments like that's how I deliver my big energy and get outcomes to people and and so having to be like that's gonna have to happen online now by the look of it and that that was like the first cue of like okay we're gonna have to create a new destiny here and even at the at the time like I'm better now. Like, I think I've got a reasonable amount of personality on this Zoom call now. But three years ago, like, Emma in the room was very different to Emma online. I don't know. I just turned into this flat, like, stuttering robot. Like, it just wasn't the same. I certainly couldn't deliver an awesome um, facilitated session and expect to get paid for it. That's for sure. And I remember searching high and low for, like, who specializes in that can help me with this. And I ended up doing it with a woman in the States. And, you know, I, I learned so much. And so as part of that, I was like, okay, so what's the need now? Like, what do people need from my skill set? So, you know, I do a lot of work in in change and HR strategy and, you know, like HR capability uplift, as you know. And uh, I went out to our HR community here in New Zealand and some in Australia and I surveyed people. I surveyed and I was like, what's on your mind? What's happening for you? Conducted some interviews with people. So I really like stood into the shoes of like people who are on the front line in this like COVID, COVID lockdown world and, and out of that just emerged like an offering that could help people with that. And so I asked some people in the network, hey, do you want to do this thing together? Anyway, piloted it. And anyway, so I just kept iterating that forward and buddied up with Nick Mackison Smith. And that's really how Any Cult Anywhere Culture was born, was just based on an initial need in the market, like all good products and services are, mm -hmm. I guess. And we just kept watching and listening. And the more that we listened to what was happening in organizations, like we just kept adapting the offering. The great thing about Nick and I is we had 
a really nice T-shaped skill set between the two of us. So, you know, like the uh, our expertise, like the deep eye of our T, our expertise was different, but we built out the tops of our T's with, you know, some of that really good virtual facilitation and experience mm. design and, you know, how to create psych safety and, you know, this kind of environment, you know, really built out the top of that T. So when we went to organisations, we had the skills, I guess, that they were looking to build and they were like, they saw that in us and they were like, we we want some of that. So that's kind of how it was born. We just watched, listened and learned and responded to what people needed. I love that. And when I was listening to you as well, you you essentially built a business on what actually you struggled with personally in terms of when the world changed because now everything was online and you're like I, I don't work online I, this is just not how I do things it's not how I you know bring bring my best and so you looked at actually how do I upskill myself to adapt to this world and then was like well if I'm struggling with this or I found this challenging then there must be there will absolutely like statistically there'll be thousands millions of people yeah. who are doing the same because often I guess to like kind of bring this like to circle this back it's like often people worry too much about the impact first of like well how can I help people it's like well actually what is it that you are wanting to work through or what's something that you have worked through yourself to then actually embody that to upskill yourself personally and then bring that to the world and that's generally how we will find success in that way because we've kind of connected to it embodied it ourselves transformed ourselves in that process and then stepped out into okay now I'm going to facilitate that for other people and that's essentially like coaching too you know I do what I do because of what I've been through and the changes that I've transformed and I think if we can look at it that way it feels less big when we just start with ourselves first and then see where it leads from there. Totally. And even um, like from a customer point of view, being able to like deeply empathize with where they're at. So I, like, so I do workshops on hybrid facilitation and I lead with team. Can I just play back for how absolutely horrendous I was at this when I started? Like, so you were already way ahead of where I was. Cause I remember that first pilot I ran, I created Zoom breakout rooms. I locked myself out of the meeting. I don't even know how, like, I'd try and do a breakout room. I'd put everyone in one room and I'd be one in in a room on my own. Like the whole thing was just a complete turkey. And so I think when you can, and which is why you're so good at your work, because you've stood in the shoes of the many of the people that you serve, right? And I think that's quite unique. I think that's the powerful thing. It needs to be like it needs to. And I mean, this is what we talk about in leadership. It has to start with self. Because how, how do we lead and hold space and facilitate anyone else if we can't even do the same for ourselves? Yeah, but that's the uncomfortable part because to do it for self is the scary thing. Like what you would have gone through with Landmark is like, oh my God, I have to look at all of this for myself. No, no, thank you. Yeah. That's why I want to watch Netflix and I have another glass mind, of wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like, and I also, you also notice like even now the reservation that people have in just not wanting to face into that even if it's something as big as I've got to end a relationship or versus I have to actually completely pivot my skill set and like uh, you're probably um, better at this than me but I I like oscillate between like let me help you to I just can't work with people who aren't prepared to take personal responsibility for Mm -hmm. where they're at you know like I actually find that quite triggering and frustrating we can't help people that don't want to be helped like and being helped means to take responsibility right yeah and and like in this in this kind of like you know if we were coaching each other here now absolutely but I think about you know I work in change and culture change and transformation Mm. and I don't always have the luxury of being like okay I don't think I'm a good fit for you leader xyz you know like it's like it's much harder but like there are a frightening number of people out there who will never reach their potential. And for me, that's terminal. Like, like to me, like someone not meeting their, meeting their potential is such, like is devastating mm. for me. Like the thought of someone not being able to do great things because of like a couple of limiting beliefs. Like, like I struggle with that. Like why would you not want to go to war, go to absolute war on those limiting beliefs and have the life that you want? Like I just don't get that. I struggle with that. Mm. This actually leads perfectly into my next question, really, which one thing I admire and love about you is your big, bold, no bullshit personality. <laughs> like, I mean, we're what, 20 minutes in and oh, no, 10, 15 minutes in and like it's come through strong, right? <laughs> like 
and I love it. And just like you bring that ethos to life in your in your work, like what you've just been explaining. So I would love if you could share how you cultivated this because I I purposely when I wrote this question I purposely used the word cultivate because it's mm. not it's something that needs to be practiced and it takes bravery and courage to do this it's not something like oh you're just born really bold I mean we mm. are we're born bold and I mean if you look at toddlers like oh yeah you're bold but then that's conditioned out of us right so how did you cultivate this back if you did lose it, maybe you can just share more about that. But yeah, how did you cultivate this within yourself that's led you to to constantly be willing to pivot or willing to stretch or be on your edge? It's usually one of two things. One is like I've hit a rock bottom mm-hmm. and it's like the only way out is to sort your shit out or a goal or a dream demands that of me. So the, the example around becoming a great virtual facilitator is is one example but then so I think it was 18 months ago now like one of my personal value drivers is freedom like freedom in every sense location freedom freedom how I spend my time financial freedom all the things uh and I decided that um and you and I share this in common we love creating learning content right and I wanted I'm trying to make bolder moves to get away from selling my time for money Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to get into content creation and courses not like be a kardashian where skims on instagram i don't mean that and a huge part of that was going to have to be showing up on social media mm-hmm. you know which you are just like it's a master class watching you and your content creation you're so good at it but um so i hope you appreciate like how good you are because people are looking at you going shit that's in my growth plan be more like tash <laughs> so i ended up doing this 12-week intensive with this american company and a cohort around like social media strategy and content creation and like our coach was like basically before five o'clock today whichever time zone you're on uh you need to post something mm-hmm. I was like okay I'm out but I'd already paid so I had to I had to kind of commit but as part of that learning um so that first week was all about mindset it was all mindset work and like as a coach you're like nah, I already know this stuff but I didn't like I hadn't realized like the self-limiting beliefs that I hit, that were even new or old patterns that had returned, you know? And so part of that was uh, we had to write 10 daily affirmations, which were a direct flip of self-limiting beliefs. And I said those every day, no joke, even when I had COVID um, for 18 months. Mm-hmm. I said that I started my day every day. And like, I've, I actually have to go through an exercise to rewrite them because I think I've rewired them now. Like they don't feel as scary anymore. Like one of them is I won't apologize for my ambitiousness. Oh, yes. Or um, I won't apologize for being me. You know, there was, you know, there were some things in there around, okay, so when I show up on social media, like I'm not going to apologize for my mm-hmm. point of view. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dim my light to make others feel comfortable. And like, I'm saying that really confidently down the camera to you now, but like over those 18 months, I really struggled with that every single day and I and I think so to come back to your question around cultivation it's like you have to spot the thing and you have to be prepared to do the hard things and you have it's it's a daily commitment it's like weeding the garden right like you're talking you know to use your cultivation analogy like it's a daily commitment to like I don't want to live like this Mm. I don't want to be scared and in pursuit of this goal of I don't want to sell my time for money anymore and I want to I want to create this content. I'm good at the content, but you're going to have to get good at this other thing. And then, of course, the next hurdle that emerged was recording, like, the content on video. And I was just like, oh, cue more self-limiting beliefs. And and I actually did, like, there's this awesome guy here in New Zealand, and he does Cam Fink, and he does a course called Be Less Shit on Camera. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've seen it's that one. So good. So practical. But I remember in the first session... He said the same thing. Okay, we're going to post a video to each other today. And I was like, not public, just to each other. He's like, you're just to each other. So I was comfortable with that. But there were a couple of people in the cohort who weren't. And one even said, just to let you know, Cam, I won't be doing that. And he said, well, if you aren't prepared to film yourself today, you're not welcome here. And at first I was like, well, you just killed psychological safety straight out of the gate. But actually applied just the Goldilocks, just the right amount of pressure that she posted that video into the chat. I guess like for him, it's like you pay to be here. So I'm not going to let you off the hook. Right. So it's like, okay, if you don't want to do it, then sure. Yeah. This isn't the place. 
but but like the boldness in front yeah, of everybody and it, you know it's just but it's like it, it it triggered that personal accountability in her and sure enough mm. you know later that day day she did it so yeah so to answer your question I think it's being a, it's being really clear about what it is that you'd rather be instead or mm. rather be thinking instead and then you take the actions accordingly and actually at the time of doing that that content creation and social media course um actually you introduced me to atomic habits I saw yeah. you poke do you remember yeah <laughs> But do you know what I used? I used his identity change model. Yes. Decide who you want to be and prove it to yourself in small yes. ways. Yeah. But, but wasn't that a mind? I don't know if you found this as a as a certified coach. You usually start, you get clear on the goal, what's the outcome, and yeah. you work backwards. It, but it his changed model, my life when I read that. It did. Yeah. I, I rejected it. I had an um, like immuno response to it at first. But I actually drew up those three circles. And so my identity was I am a content creator. What does a content creator do every day? How would I embody that? I'm going to post twice a day. And what will I see if I get out of that? I'll see my audience numbers increase. My confidence will go from a zero to a 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all the things. And so every day I'd be like, so I'd posted twice a day the whole time I was on that program and made just made sure I showed up. And sure enough, his book is right. No shit, Sherlock. Obviously, we know, it's, we know his research is awesome. Once you start embody that, what does he say in his book? It's like you put, you put a dollar in the bank yeah, yeah, it's compounding interest, yeah, right? It's like, compounding yeah. interest. Yeah, that's exactly it. And when I read that, it was also life changing. And I teach that now. I'm like, yeah, Atomic Habits is probably the number one book I recommend to all my clients. But that's what I teach. It's like identity first. Like, who decide who you want to be? Because if unless you decide who you want to be, you'll always be programmed by who you've always been. Yes, right. And so, is that the version of yourself you want to continue? And it's not to say that that version is wrong or bad because I don't believe in wrong or bad it's does that version of yourself still serve you now and with where you want to go and like as you say you have that bigger goal of not doing time for money so what does that mean in terms of who I need to decide to be now and the way that I need to show up to be that so I love that and yeah cultivation is that practice yeah but even Tash when I think about um so this is my third year of competition powerlifting and I remember having this complete basically mental breakdown like I wasn't on the floor crying but just it was seven hours of just being on the edge of nervousness and feeling sick and anxiety and it's like my brain shut down so my coach was like Emma put your jacket on stay warm Emma drink this come over here it's time to it was like my brain shut down and she hadn't been there to be like Emma like where are you you need to like wake up you're at a competition and we, we debriefed, um, this is very quite recent, you know, in the last couple of years, she said, what happened? And I said, I don't know, my nerve, I just got overcome by nerves. So she suggested that I see a hypnotherapist. And I, so I saw this awesome hypnotherapist who specializes in sport in Auckland. And all it took was three, three sessions. But again, talk about cultivating is she, she records some, um, some things to imprint in your subconscious and you have to listen to them regularly right so you Mm -hmm. don't just show up to your appointment you've got to do like the work in between but she said um when I was telling her what happened she said um you strike me as quite a confident person like so if we think about your work where does your confidence come from and I said well literally from putting the work in that's where I get my confidence from because I know I've done the work and she said well if you put your hand on your heart leading up to that competition, do you feel like you honestly did the work? And I said, no, Mm. because actually I'd had an injured shoulder, I'd had flu, you know, so it wasn't through fault of my own. But actually when I think back, yeah, I did miss, I did miss some training sessions, like quite a few. So in my subconscious, because I registered doing the work equaling confidence, like isn't that amazing? Like yeah, on like Well, like the evidence was it's like, well, I haven't, I haven't got all the evidence that I can do the thing because I haven't necessarily shown up for every bit of the action. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but that's what confidence is, right? Like confidence is built through action. It's not built through more learning and more certifications and more training as in training, as in getting training, but it's, it's through showing up and doing the work. That's how we build confidence, you know? So yeah, I can absolutely see the connection there of, um, but also like, I guess the, the challenge, uh, I mean, the prompt back there would be is, even when we don't necessarily do all the work in the systematic way that we think we should, can we still feel confident to do our best with what we're capable of in that moment? It may not yeah. be the best that we're capable of ever, but in that moment, 
with what I have available and the capacity of what I was able to do leading up to that moment, can I still feel confident in what I have to give? Love that. Yeah, that's an, that's an important perspective. Because then it's not a black and white thinking, right? It's not like, oh, I didn't do every single training session, so now I'm not confident that I that I can do it. It's like, I may not necessarily do it as best as I would have loved to, but I can still do the best that I can in that moment. Yeah. Because that still builds confidence because I'm still showing up and doing it. Totally. And she actually, so her, the, because I just finished doing another week of hypnotherapy, the same recordings, like a couple of years on, I'm still listening to the same ones because I had a competition last Saturday and it was an important one because I had to hit really good numbers because I'm trying to get on the New Zealand team to compete in my master's class in Italy in September. And so I knew I had to hit the 300 kilos across all and the total yeah I had to um yeah cross all three lifts and like I'd had a in the lead up I'd had a head cold and I thought oh wow, this is all feeling very familiar but actually what she has imprinted in my subconscious is more about that powerful vis- visualization around like courage and you know the small wins over time and like good setup when I get on the platform you know all of those sorts of things so I wasn't just having this over index on you didn't go to every single training session and therefore you should just get the hell out of here right now, which was <laughs> the voice, the loud voice that was in my head that, for that other comp a few years ago. Yeah, I love that. And it's it's about, I mean, this also comes back to what James Clear talks about. It's not about the one day that you miss. It's about overall, are you showing up? Overall, are you taking the action? More often than not, right? Like, and this is what I say to people, um, you know, focus on what you're, the small things you're doing every day, not the one big thing you're doing once a month. Yeah. Because which one actually, which one actually matters more. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it like comes back to that philosophy of overall, I showed up, I missed a few days, but that doesn't take away from all of the other times that I showed up. Yeah. And I think this is an important lesson for everybody, especially the people that kind of come into my world who are high achievers. It's very much that perfectionism, all or nothing thinking. It's like, it is all of it or it's nothing where it's like, well, actually no, because if you miss that day or you don't get that result, all of the things that you've done up to that point doesn't just evaporate into nothing. It's all still there. It's all still something that we can leverage, something that we can still utilize and take forward with us. And so being able to see the success in the process not just the success and the result. Oh, totally. And even like you used the word perfectionism there. Like I, I refer to myself as a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Same. But I think that was, that has been the gift of human-centered design mm. for me, you know, like that iterating forward and, you know, progress over perfect, you know, like all those small increments rather than, you know, like going back to the beginning and experiments and, you know, like I have so wholeheartedly embraced that way of thinking and Mm. I made the joke before we hit record um when you asked how I was I was like I'm just MVPing my way through life (laughs) for those who don't know MVP it's a minimal minimal viable product (laughs) the minimum that I can do to get it out into the world to get feedback and iterate from there which is agile thinking right (laughs) love it um so I titled this pushing boundaries and challenging the status quo because of what I've seen you do through work and everything we've just talked about. Like, I mean, you're a mum, you're in your 40s and you're wanting to get onto the New Zealand powerlifting team. Like, how freaking cool is that? Pushing boundaries is definitely your jam. What would you say is your biggest payoff from constantly being on that edge of yourself of pushing boundaries and not just letting things slide? Someone once asked me what my superpower was, plural, were and I said I don't think it's plural but if I had to pick one it's my learning agility Mm. like my ability to create simplicity my curiosity and just that fearlessness around you know when I need to know something like I'll just go and find it Mm. like I'm just I just don't and, and knowing that sometimes you don't always find what you're looking for like I have a level of comfort around that later in life mm-hmm. but it's also like I, I mean I'm I'm a bit like about the universe type you know believing in something bigger and sometimes I think like we just as you said sometimes you don't find what you're looking for it's like were you meant to find that in the first place yeah. or did you just think did you just think that that's what you were meant to look for and this kind of comes back to another question which I didn't actually specifically ask just around like success right our definition of success and so often 
we're conforming to the definition of success. We're conforming to the idea of success. And that's why so many of us kind of get to this point and we're like, really, is this it? Mm. Like I thought that this is what I was working my whole life for. And Mm. it kind of doesn't feel as elating or as climatic as I thought it was going to be. And yeah, it's like, was that what you were meant to be looking for along? Or were there those little nudges or those, you know, that inner knowing that voice to say, actually, there's something different here, but the fear and the limiting beliefs is what's coming up. So yeah, like, I guess I would love to just hear what is your current definition of success and is it what you always thought it would be? When I, like, I've been through many seasons in my life, as have you, because you've so generously shared, you know, your history with the world as well. I think, um, I think success is much broader to me now. So, you know, pre-baby was definitely like workaholic-y type person, you know, like I would have told you success to me was purely a revenue metric or purely a promotion Mm -hmm. metric, you know, but, but like I have a very eagle eye across whole of life now. So like, I, I don't want to be judged for my ambitious goals, but I've also got my eye on my, my wellbeing and, you know, uh, Jim and I coming into 2023, um, you know, and you're probably in the similar in your household, you're running your own businesses, you've got a baby. It could be, it could be so easy just to forget about your marriage not mm. for lack of love, but just because of all the competing demands. So all well, the monotony of life. Yes, totally. Maybe. <laughs> and I mean, you'd probably be walking around with your eyes shut for half of the last 12 months, you know, with a baby, but, yeah. um, you know, we've got a toddler, so she's a little bit older now, so it's different for us, but you know, we're making sure it is in cement in our calendars and we've done it like, so we haven't done the June one yet, but we've made sure we've had our lunch date once a month and we've had to maybe reschedule a couple, but we make sure it happens inside the calendar. So that's a metric for me. My, you know, like my mental wellbeing is a metric for me. It's mummy daughter day every Saturday. Like, and that mm. is not negotiable except for, you know, I had my comp last Saturday. So, but I changed mummy daughter day to Sunday. So success to me is feeling good. And I do measure, I do measure, I have my own personal measures around that, but success to me is being able to have all of those things harmonized and I feel fulfilled and loved you know like yeah by the people who are important to me and that I'm doing the right the right things that you you know it's all about you know can I look at myself in the mirror and say I'm doing the right things and I feel like yeah I can and I have that's not always been the case to me mm-hmm. I really love how you use the word harmonizing I'm really trying to get away from the word balance because yeah. balance is the idea that everything is perfectly aligned and I love harmonizing. I use the word blend. Like, how do we Ooh, blend? That's good. Yep. You know, how do we blend things together? But I love also harmonizing. So if you look at music, right, like there's highs and lows and, you know, then there's like, then there's the genuine in syncness, but it all, it all works together to form a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Right? And I love, love that. Cause as you say, like sometimes we do need to lean more into work. We do need to lean more into parenthood or we do need to lean more into family or whatever it might be, but that we're always asking, okay, if I'm choosing this right now, am I going to reharmonize that Mm. on another day or at another time? So that we're always finding that homeostasis within our life. That's a good word. Versus striving for, oh, everything has to be perfectly, but it, it never can. Like you can never say, oh, like work, family, parenthood, you know, marriage is all like at one line all the time that's another recipe for burnout. That's like another recipe for let, let's be overwhelmed because it's another thing that we're trying to be perfect at versus how do we, yeah, like how do you harmonize it in a way that feels right for you? Because the way that you show up for being a mum, for your baby, for your toddler, how you show up being a wife for Jim, how you show up in your life isn't going to be the same as how I do that with Kyle yeah. and how I do that with Jake. And that's, also, you know, and I, my second podcast episode is all about like actually really honing into what is your unique version of success because it's not the same. Yeah. And this is what can help us to create our own harmonizing, blending life that feels really good. Totally. And I think also like being a business owner too, like you have to, oh, yeah. you have to unsubscribe from this whole work-life balance thing straight out of the gate. Cause like you say, like there's going to be peaks, troughs, and you're going to have mm-hmm. to be augmenting all over the shop. And so G- Jim and I run our life knowing that we are going to have to move and, sh- and shift things around um, on a near daily basis sometimes. I mean, as you know, like 
we run the commercial dairy farm. And so January mm. to February was a horrific quarter for us, you know, with the cyclones and we lost 80 hectares mm. of pasture. Like it's oh an eye-watering amount of money that we've lost, uh, you know, in income. And so like there are times when it's like, okay, all those other things that I'm measuring, they have to just park for now and I'm going to have to focus on, you know, our business and our, our livelihood, our cash cow, so to speak. But I am, um, in, in terms of measures, like I, I look for, what's servicing my three value drivers so I'm very clear about you know freedom growth and well-being so if like I a couple of years ago I was on a um, contract and which was just hollowing me out and isn't it funny like despite being in the business of personal growth and knowing all of this stuff the perils of ignoring that gut intuition when you just know Mm -hmm. something isn't right but you fight it and you do the exact opposite of what your intuition is telling you and it was, you know, one day Jimbo just said, like, this isn't healthy for you anymore, but you've got this, you can work it out. And he said, I'm going to take Bond to the beach for a few hours. And I just got my whiteboard and my post-it notes. And I just was like, okay, come back to values. And I used to have like this tidy set, but actually I squirreled it down to three and two years on, there's still the same three around, you know, like I said, freedom. If things aren't helping me grow, as a practitioner, as a human, and if my well-being is not cultivated, which is an excellent word that you just used, um, so mental, physical, all the things, then it's a no-fly zone for me. And so I realised in order to make that decision, that dip, sometimes you've got to make decisions in life that you don't love but they're the right ones and this was one of those times because two of those value drivers were completely crossed and the third one was on its way. So even just see, I had to do that inner work though to be like, I have to be able to explain what's going on here to myself so I can, then can communicate that to others around me. And so, do you know, like when I had when I had the resignation conversation or then, you know, finishing up the contract early, six months early, which had a dollar figure attached to it for me. So that was income yeah, not coming. You're leaving money on the table. Absolutely. Absolutely, money on the table. I had that conversation so confidently and unemotionally. Like I, 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 I was like, I'm still a human about it, but I was so freaking clear, Tash, that there was nothing they could have said to me that would have talked me out of that. Yeah, that decision. I can relate to that so much. And this is what I say is being clear on your values doesn't necessarily make life easy, but it makes life simple. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, that's a t-shirt. It doesn't necessarily make it easy, but it makes it simple. And that's the same thing that, you know, Carl, uh, people have said to Carl and I like, oh, you're so lucky. You're so <gasps> lucky. And we have privilege. I'm like, I'm lucky. I hate that word. Like, I'm not going to ignore that we are privileged absolutely like we do have a, a level of privilege also we have made decisions like over the last year of jake's first year of life kyle has reduced he only was, he only works three days a week in his business i went back to work after four and a half months for my own mental well-being uh but we both left money on the table but the time with jake was worth more than the money we could have made and so that meant that we didn't go on holiday. We literally just paid bare minimum, mm. meeting our needs, you know, but that was that was the simple decision. Mm. Wasn't the easy decision because it meant that we had to make adjustments in how we were living, but it was the simple decision in terms of, is this something we would ever regret? No. You know, and my top value is the same as yours, freedom. You know, when I think about, I've been offered many contracts worth lots of money and I'm like, no, because I don't want to work 40 hours a week. No, because I don't want to get caught up in a project that's going to ask 100 hours a week of me. Yeah. Sure, you, you're offering me 100 grand. No, thank you. Like, we're leaving money on the table. And that's, you know, and I guess this is like the big message, right, is choosing the aligned life isn't always choosing the easy life. You know, but when those values are clear, when our measures of success are clear, it becomes simpler to know which decisions to make and which one, like which ones to say yes to and which ones to say no to. I was just listening to a podcast around how to say the strategic yes. Oh, you know, like how to say the strategic yes. It's about power, power up. I'll look it up. Oh uh, yeah, I'll I'll link it in the show notes as well. But yeah, like, but in order to say the strategic yes, we need to know what the vision is. We need to know what the goal is or the objective, right? Like just like when you're running a business, if you're going to make strategic decisions, you know, you need to know what the strategy is, right? Like what are we actually working towards? What are we trying to create as a result here? And it doesn't mean that those those decisions to, of what to say no to are going to be easy. Like, oh yeah, I just love saying no. I mean, I personally do. <laughs> you know me, love saying a good no, um, but not many people are. 
but it does start to become really simple about what we're saying yes and what we're saying no to. And again, that is a cultivation, right? It's a practice. Like the more that we practice doing that, the easier it really does become over time, but it doesn't always necessarily start easy. Oh, I totally agree. And the other, because the other dimension to that, so that day with the whiteboard, um, thinking about the, the three value drivers, I love Brendan Brashard. I don't know if you know any of his work. He's like a high performance no. coach. And I remember listening to a podcast. Oh, no, I do know. Yes, I have seen probably, him. He's like one of the OGs of like, he used to do tapes, I think. Back in the day. Do you know what a tape is? <laughs> I was born in the 80s. I know what a tape is. <laughs> um, but he said like as part of, so he trains other coaches, right? So it was in the context of that. But I apply this to a, like on a near daily basis is I think about he, his question was, when people are getting the absolute best of you, what are the three things that they're getting? And mm. so, again, going back to that decision, knew my three value drivers, answered that question, and I thought nobody is seeing any of those things from me. So mm. when people are getting the absolute best of Emma Kirkman, they're getting my energy, they're getting my fearlessness, and they're getting my generosity, you know? Oh. So, you know, so I was, I'm very clear now on what a great day or a great week or a great great month looks to me because if I'm pulling towards not in a state of perfection though because I've worked out the hard way that that's like mm-hmm. hiding to nothing am I am I live you know living those value drivers am I like embodying them in my everyday habits and when I'm showing up to people you know on facilitation gigs or on contracts like they don't necessarily get all three of those things at once because context matters but I even think about when I start my day like which one of those energies do I need to call in to best serve the yeah. people that I'm working with? And so even thinking about you, I knew that I was probably going to have to call all three because I loosely knew, you know, there was a fearlessness piece here around. I might have to share some things. Um, I wanted to have good energy with you and, you know, the generosity of just wanting to serve your audience as best mm. I can. But even just setting yourself up for the day. And some days yeah. you don't feel like doing any of those things. So that's where meditation and things like that have been such a gift. For me, I wish I had have understood the power of that earlier on in life. Yeah, especially as life has gotten fuller with technology. Like, you know, when I talk about meditation, I don't necessarily talk about sitting there listening to meditative music, but it's about creating moments of stillness mm-hmm. where you're not having any input, you're yeah. not consuming anything, right? Because in that, that is what fills up the energy, right? And I really love what you said around setting up the day which in it, like which which part do I need to call in to show up as my best today? And also an additional question I would have there is which which element needs a bit more of my attention today? Like which one feels a little bit lower that maybe was used up a bit more yesterday or maybe has been used mostly for the last week and actually I need to work on replenishing that one a little bit more. You know, so it's like we're always looking at what is it that needs to fill that's been drained and then also how can we utilize what's already full? I love that. I've just written that down. I'll, I'll add it to my prompts, my daily prompts. Love it. Um, I did want to, before we finish up, I knew that we were going to be chatty McChattisons, uh, <laughs> but before we finish up, I just would have, I would love for you to share, you know, three things that people can do to cultivate their boundary pushing selves. They're, they're challenging the status quo selves, or at least just living into being a bit more braver. One of the ones that I already want to acknowledge that you said, which I'll count as the number one is what are the three things people get from me when I'm, when I'm at my best? So I, I would say that that's definitely number one, because when we are living into those, those things that people get when we're at our best, we're more able to challenge the status quo. We're more able to push the boundaries because we are already working at our best selves at that level. That's what I interpreted from yes. that anyway. Yep. Um, but if you have a couple more that people could, you know, take action on or, you know, utilize or cultivate now, that would be amazing. Yeah. So love that first one. So definitely like when people are getting the best of you, what are they getting? And I would wrap the values piece into that same yes. bucket. So really like understanding what those are. And taking the time to work it out. Like there are so many tools and I'm mean, sure you've got things in your toolkit you could share with your audience around how, how you go Absolutely. about working that out. So yeah, that's definitely number one. Number two is the mindset work, like daily mindset work. So while I was working through that list, I mean, there were 10 of them. That's a list of self-limiting beliefs. There was a whole ritual every single morning that I wrapped around that. And so some of those things have fallen away, but some things haven't. So 
things like um, journaling, like anything that's going to help you observe your internal state on a daily Mm. basis. So for me, that was journaling. It was meditation. So, you know, like when we talked about what energy you've got to call in to serve people around you or be there for your family or whatever. Sometimes I'd be like, I've got to call in an energy that I don't have a lot of. So I would pick something from Insights Timer that was a meditation that would help me cultivate that. But it's that monitoring of your internal state on a regular basis, daily if you can, doing the mindset work. So journaling and um, uh, the daily affirmations and uh, meditation are some tips there for me. And the third thing is really, and it's no coincidence, it's connected to my well-being um, driver is making sure that you understand where you're at mentally and physically. So your mindset work will help with the mental side, but physically, um, you know, I'm at that age now where I'll be entering into a different phase of life shortly. You know, I've got a three-year-old, I had, you know, traumatic birth, all of that. And I took my eye off my health, like to the cellular level. And so going and getting that precision healthcare for your biochemistry and your vitamins and really making sure that you're nourishing your body, I'm not saying give up wine or like, you know, cause trust me, I still love, loves me a good glass of rosé, but like you have to keep your eye on your physical health. And I think if you're a business owner or you're in a big leadership role or, you know, you're juggling competing demands, got a family, like that's so easy to deprioritize. And that feeds into that leaks into everything like as we know or you know for those who have children sleep deprivation literally brings out the worst version of yourself absolutely and I think we underestimate and I think it's like did I appreciate sleep enough (laughs) before I became a mom but it is like yes the mental work is so important but it's the physical work that also impacts the mental work this is what I say to my clients like if you're not moving your body if you're not shifting that energy if you're not eating well, sleeping well, hydrating, all of those things that, oh, but I know, are you doing it? No. So do you really know? You know, it's like we don't, we wait until we're so depleted to recognize those things. And it's like, but it's because we're depleted physically that our mental load also decreases so much as well. And and the the two are so related as you would as you would well know. And so even for me, after I've done my daily mindset work, it's movement. So whether it's a pa- it's like a powerlifting training session or um, a barrier for me for moving my body was, you know, where the farm is, is on a terrible busy road. So like risk of walking out there and getting hit by a car is pretty high. Mm. Um, it was just another thing for me to have to do is to jump in the car and go to the yeah. gym. You know, so I actually bought, I went into a bidding war on trade me for, you know, a treadmill. So even if it's 25 minutes at a really high pace, like after I've done my mindset work, that's, that's what I do. But, but just a tip around, um, to look after like your biochemistry and your, your nutrition. I've been a patient of the Dr. Libby clinic for oh, I love Dr. A, Libby. a few years now. And, you know, so even, even I had a, a zero understanding of say, for instance, how important iron is, you know, I've had two, mm-hmm. two iron infusions in six months because it was so low and I thought the fogginess and the, you know, your, your body's giving you these really strong messages and you're like, I'm just a busy working mom and, you know, I'm you know, all yeah, I'm just tired. Why are you tired? <laughs> but then the thyroid stops working, you know, like yeah. all these things just mm-hmm. stop working and then you have to claw your way out of this really deep hole and if you just had a, kept your eye on the dashboard of your health, you know, a little bit more frequently. So, like, again, hindsight is a wonderful thing but I just wish I had understood the importance of that. Mm-hmm. earlier in life I was actually just having a client session today this morning and we were talking about hindsight and you know I said to her because she was she was going down the criticizing hindsight path and I said look hindsight is amazing if we use it in an amazing way hindsight isn't there to be judgeful and critic and to be self-criticizing because if you could have made a different decision at the time you would have but you didn't you know, in terms of the information you had, the capacity you had, you know, whatever your ability, you didn't. So it's like, okay, hindsight is wonderful. So how do I use that to become more empowered in how I make my future decisions, right? And so like- I love that. It's like, we can never have hindsight (laughs) without having made the decision at the time to then experience the outcome of that decision and being like, oh, maybe I should have made a different one. You know, it's the same thing why like so much now with motherhood it's like we know what we know because mothers went through what they did at the time because they did or didn't make the decisions that they needed to make but they made the ones that they had the ability to make at the time and that's you know 
what I would love to just share here is, you know, everything that Emma has shared is all through hindsight and empower and how she's like now become empowered to re to make more, you know, aligned decisions moving forward. But that's, you know, one of the biggest things to take away from being able to be a boundary pusher and to challenge the status quo is how can we use hindsight as an empowerment method, not as a self-criticizing method, Mm. you know, because we don't need more of that. We have enough of that happening. We have enough of it happening around us. Um, Yeah. So how can we build that into our mental agility toolkit of how can I use past information to become empowered tools for the future versus blocking tools for the future so really love that hopefully i summarized that well uh but yeah so your top three is yeah your first one is yeah checking in and asking if people were to get my best what are they getting from me and being really clear on those values second one is that mindset work i also have a journaling guide which i will pop into the show notes as well which can provide some prompts some good mindset prompts to help cultivate that practice and the third one really looking after that physical well-being i could not agree more not agree more like if i i need to get outside every single day and even I can notice it with Jake. If he doesn't get outside, he's like <laughs> bouncing off the walls. So, yeah, like cultivating that physical practice, uh, that physical mental well-being practice. Amazing. You, you can't push boundaries like with your tank half. No, yeah, absolutely. You, can't, yeah. you can't. Absolutely. Okay. So I do have three quick fire questions, which I feel like you have answered, but I really love to ask them anyway. So what is your number one energy filling practice that you do consistently? Uh, powerlifting love it what is the one mindset reminder you focus on to boost your confidence my daily affirmations perfect is there one specifically that you know will boost your confidence in any moment of self-doubt I think it's gonna I think it's around uh, being unapologetically me yeah love that one I knew you were gonna choose that one (laughs) that's my favorite one and what is one boundary that you uphold that supports you to be your best no matter what oh What's one boundary I uphold now? I think it's gonna it's the family one, which is a new one, like a as in like it's the last 18 months. So that date with Jim, lunch date once a month, and the mummy daughter day. Yeah. I love it. And when those tanks are full, you have the ability to show up everywhere else. Yeah. And this, you know, and I love that that was the one you chose because so often we say family's important, but how many decisions do we make that actually validate that that's actually what's important? So I really love that that's what you are deciding to do every week and every month. So I love that. Amazing. So I'm going to stop us there because otherwise we'll probably go for another five hours. So I will definitely have to bring you back, I think, to talk about some other pieces. But thank you so much. I really loved everything you shared. And thank you for being so open and honest and vulnerable about your journey and what's led you to being this version of Emma because you know and I and I say this version of Emma because every version is beautiful and every version is powerful and I'm glad that I got to know the last five years the five-year versions of Emma and to to see this one and to share this one with my audience so thank you so much thank you for having me and for holding this space for me and congratulations on the launch of your podcast thank you as we know I'm doing mindset work on that amazing thank you so much emma uh where is the best place for people to connect with you i will pop your your details in the show notes as well but if you just wanted to share yeah cool so um linkedin is always a sure sure place to find me also at anywhereculture.com or on instagram i'm on there making my return to there i was only cultivating there's that word again one platform while I was on my content creation journey but I'm back on insta so my handle is emma j kirkman you want to find me there perfect amazing we will pop all of those in the show notes and if you have loved this episode please reach out to myself or emma even emma directly to let her know what your key takeaway was what you loved most and if there is anything else you would love to hear from emma let me know and I will bring her back so thank you so much emma Awesome. Thanks, Tash. Lots of love. Hey there. Before you jump off this episode, I wanted to share with you that my Reboot Challenge is kicking off at the beginning of September. Reboot is all about how to reset your energy and clear your mind as we go into the last quarter of the year. Reboot is my annual challenge that is going to help create more space, create more calm and create more peace so that you can move through the rest of the year with more resilience, confidence, clarity and energy. 
If you want to join us for the Reboot Challenge, make sure you head to the link in the show notes to sign up, grab your spot, and come start of September, you will receive everything you need to know to get started with the 14-day challenge. It is super simple, super practical, super actionable. You'll get daily emails with one small action to reboot yourself before the end of the year. So head to the show notes and get signed up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lead With Less, the podcast for confident professionals with me, Tash Peterson. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, each month, one lucky reviewer will get a 45-minute one-to-one coaching session with me where you will get the tools and strategies to lead with less burnout, overwhelm, and self-doubt. And if you know anyone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share this with them and help me reach as many confident professionals as possible.